Welcome to Extraordinary, an experiment in sharing part of my story, the chapters and life lessons I learned along the way from my experience writing a memoir. I'm hoping this podcast helps you see the joy in life and maybe even encourages you to write down your own memories. Okay, I'm going to try and re-record it because there's just... Mm, but I'm just, I'm probably not going to do a good job because this is like my third time trying to restart and I keep getting interrupted and it's just so frustrating. I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing to perpetuate this cycle of the idea that like whatever mom is doing and like mom needing alone time and needing space is not as important as other people when they need their space. Like if anyone else in this family shouts out, I need lonely time and runs off to their room no one interrupts but like it's like okay well I need to do something all by myself for a second and then everything goes wrong people start stealing stuff and leaving doors open or crying or like coming to find me and I'm just I don't know I'm really popular so uh, I don't know anyway Jason's office got too hot and he's done with work so he is ready to be around the kids and I have escaped to my room and I'm trying to get over it I'm trying to just get over feeling this whole pity party of like oh I just can't even do anything that I want to do um hard life Jenica but you know golly I'll be fine so this I am gonna just tell myself right now this is not gonna be perfect Whatever my expectation is for me being able to read this and make it seem all good and perfect or whatever is not going to happen. But let's let's just cross our fingers that I can do just a little bit better than I did last time and those spots that have been irking me will get resolved. But if it's not perfect, this is my one-time go. It's so hard for me to re-record these things. It takes time. I just... Okay, anyway, so... Let me stop complaining to you and just get this over with. (laughs) It's a really great chapter and I just want to do it justice. Okay. Three, Fen. I remember a time when my grandfather Alton talked about my grandmother Denise's older brother George. This guy was a real piece of work. My grandfather talked about him like he was bad news and I couldn't tell if he was being serious or not. I guess poor Uncle George just had a demon streak. Apparently he tried drowning Grandma once. I don't know the details, although I bet they're equal parts horrifying and entertaining. It's funny how that happens when you consume these stories secondhand. Plus, everyone survived and that helps. My grandfather characterized George as a mean cuss. And this might be the perfect wording to describe my big brother, Ben. That can't be an easy read if he ever makes it through this book. But the truth is the truth, and we're all far enough removed from it by now that I hope we can look back and laugh. Fortunately, he never tried to drown anybody. It works out well, too, that today, Ben is one of the most charismatic, charming, and kind people I have ever had the privilege of knowing. But back then, if I was ever making my way down the hall and could even detect the possibility of meeting Ben along the way, I'd turn myself around and try again later to avoid any chance of catching him in a bad mood. He once ripped the door off of his closet and threw it out a second-story window. He routinely pleased people over how they acted, specifically in the morning. He could not stand morning grogginess or baby talk. Those things aren't really related, but let's put them together in the same paragraph like they are. I feel like he had a specific reference for anyone who zoned out over breakfast, and I have since blocked it from memory. Oh yeah, a staring problem. 
He could not stand people who could not wake right up and immediately be alert. Read every single one of his siblings, but especially me. And don't even think about adding the E sound to any word ever, like juicy instead of juice or blanky instead of blanket. It is offensive. And Ben had no problem letting everybody know it. Guys, I feel just fine about divulging these unfortunate truths because this guy is a hero. I promise you, he turned around. Yes, he may have pummeled each of us a time or two. Yes, he may have broken one of our arms in a not-so-friendly, friendly family game of soccer. I shouldn't use that example. It was clearly an accident, or, as some would argue, Tina's fault. After all, isn't it obvious that some reflexes, for example, the unconscious thrusting of one's arm into the path of a sonic boom punt downfield, ought to be suppressed? Ben may have given us an idea of what it might have been like to live with a real, live temperamental hulk. But you know, it was a time, and some of us made it out smoother than others. Young parenthood isn't easy, and being a kid isn't easy. I have no doubt the early years for my brothers and parents were a hard go. It's all very overwhelming. I think everyone was trying their best. I'm just gonna keep saying that. Either way, at one point or another, something clicked, and eventually, we all got along. In fact, in time, I never felt safer than when Ben was home. One night... Ben and I were sitting on the couch in the TV room, watching something. Little House on the Prairie, probably. It was, a late, it was late at night, well past 10 p.m., and the rest of our family had gone to bed when we heard the back door slide eerily open and some rustling in the kitchen. I looked to Ben, both of us knowing the sound was completely out of place. Stay in here, Ben said quietly, lifting himself from the couch. He walked through the living room and my heart started to race as I watched him move both cautiously and confidently toward the kitchen. I meshed my back into the couch, craning my neck to keep my eyes on my brother. I turned to check if the wireless phone had gotten returned to the stand on the, on the side table. It was there. I carefully scooted to the arm of the couch, reached out, and clutched the phone in my hand. Hey, man. Ben's voice boomed out toward the kitchen, breaking the silence. His voice sounded calm and casual, friendly even. I breathed a sigh. Something in his tone made me less worried, and I loosened my grip on the phone. What are you doing here? Ben asked. Who was it? I wondered. I heard a creak from the bottom of the stairs, and I saw the sliver of my mother's profile waiting behind the wall. She had heard something out of place, too. Then from the kitchen came the rough, gravelly, slow slur of a stranger's voice. I knew immediately that Ben did not know him and that he was an intruder. Ben stood with his feet planted perpendicular to the piano, between the front door and the back door blocking access to the rest of the house as the man with scraggly dark hair and a spotty beard came into view. His sullen dark eyes were fixed on my brother. Ben did not look aggressive or accusatory. He was incredibly composed. Uh, Dunham thought Buddy's house. I caught from what the man from the man's gravelly voice. Now, Ben was a big kid. He always had been. If you know the Book of Mormon reference to Nephi's stature, I like to think Ben was made of the same sort of genes. He was always very tall to me. He'd nearly reached my father's height by this time, and he was a thick guy. I remember he was often mistaked for a young adult, and if I had to guess, he was close to 15 or 16. Oh, Ben said, taking a step forward. He faced the kitchen like an intimidating sentinel, emblazoned with the expression of, you will not pass, making himself look bigger and bolder than I'd ever seen him as his hands formed fists in the front of his thighs. The strange man backed into the shadow of the kitchen. I understand this was a mistake, 
but you are in my home. You were not invited here and you need to leave right now, Ben said, cutting the air and shutting down any further idea this guy had about sticking around or trying to manipulate anyone. The man mumbled something more. I heard shuffling and the sliding glass door open, then the sliding glass door shut. My brother stepped forward. I heard the lock click. I let my breath fall as I fell out with relief and slid the phone back on the charging stand, scooting to the edge of the couch to peer again at my brother. My mother's feet stepped onto the landing as Ben walked toward her, a shade paler and obviously shaken. She reached her hand to his arm, and the hem of her robe fluttering to, into place behind her. Her disheveled hair tucked into Ben's neck as she gave him a quick side hug and they muttered a quiet conversation. His entire demeanor completely changed and the ease I had felt from what I realized was a performance vanished. He quickly told me between anxious breaths that I should have called the police. And I apologized. He picked up the phone and dialed 911. I will forever be in awe of the calm intellect he showcased that night. It was incredible, and I hate to even wonder what would have happened if he hadn't been there. There are a few Ben memories I love more than him playing the piano or singing. Ben has a fantastic voice, and he's the only one of us who could tolerate piano lessons for more than a couple years. If I close my eyes and summon the memory, I can still hear him sing Loch Lomond. Okay, well, I have the lyrics here, and I mean, I guess I'll just sing it to you. <laughs> I have two, two, let's see, verses, and then the chorus. The chorus is what I, like, really, really remember, but I don't know. I, I guess I'll just do, sing it sing it from the top. Um, I'm not going to try and do Ben's voice because I would do it zero, zippity zero justice. So you'll just have to request it of him the next time you see him. And for now, um, my rendition will have to make do. Do I remember the melody of the entire verse? I don't know. I don't know. This is what it sounds like in my memory. <clears throat> by yon bonnie banks and by yon bonnie braes Where the sun shines bright on the clomas where me and my true love spent many happy days on the bonny, bonny banks of Loch Lomond. Twas there that we parted in yon shady glen on the steep sides of Ben The highland hills we view And the moon glints out in the gloaming This is what I really remember. You'll take the high road and I'll take the low road And I'll be in Scotland afore Again, on the bonny, bonny banks of Loch Lomond. I took choir for years trying to find even a sliver of the love he had for music. Here is another memory I have of Ben's heroism. 
There was a boy at our elementary school who was a total bully, and not just an emotional verbal bully. This kid was bad news. He and Ben were friends. I think he had a way of tucking in with the mean kids, although we all discovered soon enough that Ben was a kind-hearted softy. I'll call the jo- the boy BJ Powers. Wait. Yep, BJ Powers. Let's do that. Because I'm pretty sure that was his name. He had a menacing face and a and blunt light brown hair. Blunt cut light brown hair. He was on the tall side, but in my mind, he couldn't match Ben physically. Few sixth graders could. BJ Powers and Ben rallied some friends to play football in the schoolyard on Saturday. Sam wanted to come along, and Ben was always really inclusive socially. I don't know all about it. Sam was a fourth grader, Ben was a sixth grader, and I was a second grader. We moved to our 22nd Avenue house that summer, and we were nearing the end of fall. I heard the story firsthand as it was relayed to my mother when when my brother Sam burst through the door. Apparently, BJ thought it was a good idea to do some spearing practice and got one of the older boys to pin Sam's arms behind his back, and BJ got ready to run as hard as he could straight at Sam's chest. Ben pulled the kid off of Sam and told BJ to back off. BJ got furious and pulled a knife on Ben. I mean, that escalated really quick, and maybe I'm making that up, but I swear that's how the story goes. Pretty sure Ben talked BJ down in that magical, I'm your friend, but don't mess with me sort of way. And he and Sam booked it home the first chance they got. Pretty certain the police were consulted on that one too. Not because my mom insisted on it either. My most favorite Ben story goes something like this. Somehow I had convinced Ben I was cool enough to go with him on an errand to Target. He was looking for a holiday gift for his girlfriend, Cammy, a soft-spoken, rosy-cheeked girl with feminine features and angelic, butter-yellow hair, and a second present for his best friend, Sing Song Sui. Yes, that was really her name, and I'll never forget it. Sing had jet-black, pin-straight hair and a smile that could light the room. She was a quarter the size of Ben, and what she lacked in size, she made up for in personality. She was easily the kindest, funniest, and quirkiest person in any given room. As he was wandering through the girlier sections, I spotted a gray messenger bag on the purse's end cap. These were all the rage. I was just leveling up to middle school and materialistic items were becoming more and more essential to me. But I <clears throat> excuse me, but I didn't bring any money. I picked up the bag, I tried it on, I pulled the, up the flaps and examined the pockets. It was perfect. Ben came over holding a pair of penguin socks for Sing and two jewelry sets. Which one? he asked momentarily, tucking the socks in his pocket and holding the earring the earring necklace combos out for me to see one in each hand. This one, I said, pointing to the cubic zirconium studs. Great, let's go, he said. I looked at the bag longingly. I really want this, I said. Get it, he said. I don't have any money, I said. Then put it back. (laughs) I looked at him with my best shot at bleeding eyes. He rolled his eyes. How much is it? I smiled and flipped over the tag. Twenty, I said in my sweetest voice. Nope. Let's go, he said. I can't blame him. $20 was a lot to ask. He was in high school working for KFC for less than $7 an hour. Please, I said, hoping against hope. He sighed. Yeah. What? I said with as much excitement as I could possibly muster. No. (laughs) I scoffed, my face falling to a frown. Fine, he said. I'll get you your dang satchel. Okay. He called it a satchel to make it seem less cool. Because for a while, mom had this little hip bag that she'd exclusively call a satchel. You know, like, I almost forgot my satchel. Can you bring me my satchel? Making it awkward and uncool like only moms can. It's a gift. And we'd say the word satchel in a nerdy Wisconsin mom accent. Like, satchel. 
I hope my mom never took that too hard. Deep down, I've only ever thought she was easily the cu- the cutest, coolest mom ever. And it took a few years. But the first time I saw Tangled and Flynn Rider called his bag a satchel, I realized my mom knew what's up. Cooler than anyone ever gave her credit. It's not a satchel, I retorted. It's definitely a satchel, he said. Let's go. We made our way to the cashier. I put the bag on the checkout belt, and he put the jewelry on top. The cashier asked him if I was his sister in a weird way, like she couldn't tell how we were connected to each other. She rang up the jewelry. She rang up the bag. The bag was on clearance, thirteen ninety nine. I felt even better about it. We headed for the door, and I said, You should have told her I was your daughter. He laughed a good laugh. I love making my siblings laugh. We got outside, and Ben reached in his pocket for the car keys. Dang it. What? I said. Ugh, I forgot I put these in my pocket. He pulled the penguin stocks into view. Just keep them, I said. He gave me a wary eye like he'd never do that. Come on, he said, turning back toward the store. Taking a few steps to the automatic sliding glass door. Let's go tell the cashier you're my daughter. I laughed and returned the satchel. He added over his shoulder. No, I said, clutching my new bag with a scowl on my face and following him back into the store. It's particularly interesting to me how the stories that stick out in my memory of things that really happened between me and my siblings showcase their best qualities. Um, Like, they're such good examples of the people that I see them as. Like, Ben was a big-time protector and, like, hero to the T. Um... I just feel like he was always, um, I mean, I don't, I don't know what was going on with like the anger and the rough start with, with his siblings relationships, but like Ben's everybody's favorite now. Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know why he had such a hard time, but, um, these things happen and it's not, thank goodness it was just temporary. Anyway, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, he was just like such a courageous, honest, um, incredible person. I I don't know. And, and, and a lot of people saw that in him. He was like just, I yeah, so friendly and lovable. And, and at home for a little while, we didn't quite see those qualities, but pretty soon they transferred into his his family life as well. And, um, yeah, he was really fun. He was just a wonderful person to grow up with, honestly, after that, after that, that short stint. (laughs) Anyway, um, yeah. Um, then these, these, um, stories are such a good example of standing up for what you believe in what is that called? Um, integrity, integrity, dang, um, a hard quality to learn and then even harder to emulate in real life situations. And he did that for me. Um, which is incredible. I like, I, I feel like that's a, that's a hard thing for me because it takes so much, um, vulnerability to just be able to be like 
this isn't right and I'm going to stand up for what is right instead of just like running away or cowering or being like, you know, somebody else will take care of it. Um, so I was very lucky to have him in my life uh, to be that person for me that kind of showed me that it's important to stand up for what you believe in. Um, yeah, I think it's just cool. I think it's cool that those are the things that stand out to me. And I, I do pretty vividly remember mornings being a bit of a disaster (laughs) and Ben was around critiquing what other people's faces looked like. Um, but luckily that didn't stand out so bad that I've been scarred for life. But at the time it was a little rough, but that's big brothers for you. I feel like they kind of just have to be that way. But, um, I loved having big brothers so much. And when I found out that I was pregnant, I just kind of assumed that it would be a boy because boys come first. Um, because like all the rest of the kids need their big brother to protect and to turn to when they need their help or whatever. But I got Charlotte and she is, and I'm learning too that like girls first is awesome. I completely lucked out, but then getting to grow up with my big brothers being the ones looking out for me was really awesome too. So I'm, I mean, there's just no wrong way of letting the, the, uh, your hand that you're dealt play out. Um, all right. So yeah, that was Ben. And, um, next I have my brother, Sam coming up and, and these two chapters, I wrote them first, and then I was like, wow, I didn't realize I had so many good stories of my two older brothers. And I was like, uh, so, much of, so much of what I have of my siblings who are a little more my age is me, not only like me taking on that role of being the older sibling, but also they were like kind of my peers instead of these guys that I like looked up to. And like, so like Sam, I always felt like we were kind of the same age and until probably high school, then he got, he got older really fast. Um, but, uh, so yeah, the, the way that you can kind of tell that, that like I looked up to Alton and Ben, I mean, I hope you can tell, I, I can tell in my own life that I look up to them and then the rest, it was a little harder. The, the, the formula for their stories is different. Um, I still really look up to Sam and I really wanted his approval in my life. So, but it was, it was a little different. I don't know. I don't know how to explain that, but, but yeah, like I said before, it's totally worth examining your relationships with your siblings. Even if you're like, I have no clue what stories to tell about this sibling because I do have that issue. Um, And I did, especially when I was writing these chapters. I was like, oh my gosh, especially starting off with Ben and then, or starting off with Alton and Ben and being like, wow, that ended up way better than I thought it was going to. And then moving on and being like, okay, well, I did a really phenomenal job with my first two siblings. Like, how do I make it so that these other relationships are equally phenomenal in their own way? Um... It's a tricky thing, and I really hope I did a good job, but I don't know. You try your best. I, I think I did. I think it's okay. Anyway, so yeah, more on Sam coming up, and then Kelsey. 
So, <laughs> thank you so much for listening along. This has been a delight. I hope you're enjoying it, <laughs> too. As always, thank you so much for listening. I'm forever grateful to have you following along. If you're looking to contact me, you can email me at jenica.sparks at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Looking forward to talking with you again real soon. Thank you.